Hey, this is Rachel True, and you're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. I was telling MC and, and Steve last week at Rambo that the last few episodes that we're going to do, and, and thank you, by the way, for, for being part of this for the next uh, two weeks, because you're, we're going to be closing it out for, for year 2019 for GGR Pirate Radio. Next week, we're going to do kind of our our year in review, like recap of like all our favorite stuff that we got to see uh, in 2019, see or read or listen to or whatever. So it'll be kind of fun, but um, it'll it'll be the last official episode of GGR Pirate Radio because I, I found that when we came up with the moniker of the Diner, that that's the much better description of what this podcast actually is. And like Pirate Radio doesn't really describe what we talk about, but if we say, if somebody's like, "Oh, what's your podcast called?" You're like, "Oh, it's you know, you know, GGR at the diner," and they're like, "At the diner," you know, like all those awesome conversations you had with your friends, like you guys were always at like a diner or something, and they're gonna be like, "Oh shit, yeah, 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 yeah." So like, I felt like that was just like that was gonna be an immediate connection for just about every single person, like on the on at least I don't know about other countries. I don't know if they go to diners and hang out and talk about nerdy shit, but we sure do here. I feel like conversations over food, particularly late night, is not a uniquely American thing. Right, it's got it's got to be everywhere. I feel like every every country has to has to do that. But I mean, what do I know? I'm just what do you know, Mike? Jesus, I'm just I'm just a dumb American. <laughs> I'm just a simple podcaster. <laughs> just doing my job, ma'am. Oh man, I have actually I found it quite amusing. I'm drinking. Um, I got this like holiday beer uh, collection from. Uh, from a store and it's like this it was this big box of like local beers and this one is devil's backbone and it's called danzig and every time i see it all i can think of is mother <laughs> tell your children not to walk my way but i mean i don't know if they'll appreciate that yeah okay ah yes thank you for the heads up as i screwed up your schedule yet again <laughs> okay i just wanted to be sure we were all on the same page yeah okay so then you will not be with us for the year in year-end review but that's okay it's all good my friend uh mc brooks are you with us i know you were you were muted there for a second he's probably taking care of dog issues because his dog is yeah I'm, yeah i'm yelling at him so yeah. <laughs> is he yelling I'm at his dog done, yeah i'm done yelling at him but i was oh, yelling okay. at him because he is trying to do the most and be part of the podcast by simply running around my bed and jingling his collar <laughs> he's just being a kid and you're just being a dad look at you yep well it's yeah. bedtime <laughs> dad rules so, yeah exactly right you gotta you gotta lay down, lay, lay down the law sometimes we've all had to do it all of us whether it's a pet or a kid or i don't know unruly neighbors we've all had to put on our dad voice every now and then I, I feel like rambo i feel like you've had to do it if there were like kids in the in, in the comic book shop that were acting a fool oh yeah no yeah. there's there's plenty of times i've had to you know lay the hammer down as it were yeah um because yeah people want to act up mistakes it's just, is kindness for weakness at your own peril <laughs> it's just funny it's funny when you when you have to turn the dad voice on like everybody has one i feel like it and it's yeah like my mine is like jacks will be like acting crazy i'm like all right buddy it's time to calm down and like no dad i want to do this i want to jacks 
that is enough. And then all of a sudden he's like, okay, all right. It's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. real simple, very yeah. much. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to say this again. Yeah, exactly. I have made myself clear. Yeah, yeah, this is the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to that in a little bit, too. Um, tonight's episode, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for listening to our, our, our wonderful little uh, impromptu open that we'd like to do. Uh, tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about mental health. We, we've done it on pretty much every incarnation of the shows that we do, whether it would be Mike on the Mic, whether it was when we were with Rock Deep Rogue Radio, uh, whether it's here on GGR Pirate Radio, but it's important. And that's why we're going to keep talking about it. And I, I sometimes worry that we're being repetitive, but I feel like it, with an issue like this, it's important to be repetitive, to remind people that it's not just a passing fancy. It's not just something that's a one-time thing. Uh, it's important. Mental health is an important thing. And especially, we'll, we'll speak from our experiences as men, and that's really all we can speak for. And I know it's different for, for the sexes, but at the same time too, as human beings, there's certain things that are pretty universal. And it's, I mean, communication is key. Uh, I think talking to your friends, talking to your loved ones, that's key. And we're going to discuss all of that tonight. And that's really all we want to do is we want this to... Um, we had somebody in, in our uh, in our GGR Facebook page uh, put this up, and it made me laugh, but it, it actually was, was kind of... It had a little grain of truth with it. It was a picture of somebody, like, sitting next to an advertisement. It was, like, like kids eating ice cream. And it was a, like a real life kid sitting, like eating ice cream, sitting next to the ad. It's like how it feels to be listening to a podcast, <laughs> and like that's that's what I want this to feel like. As I, I as I want people to listen to this, and and, and hopefully this helps. Hopefully it, it kind of opens the dialogue up, and we'll put it on the the Facebook page so that people can talk about this because we want everybody to know that you're not alone, and that we're here to listen, we're here to talk, we're here to help, however we possibly can, and like. Obviously, we're not mental health professionals, but sometimes in certain circumstances, having friends and family out there just saying that they care and that they want to talk to you is sometimes an enough to either make you want to get help further or it's enough to maybe make you feel a little bit better about yourself. Maybe getting those words out there um, kind of takes away some of the power of, of what's going on in your head. So tonight... My panelists for GGR Pirate Radio include the wonderfully talented and astoundingly gifted vocally, uh, lyrically, um, when he puts the words on paper, too, when it comes to his blogs that he does for us at uh, GGR. Uh, fantastic as well. His name is MC Brooks. Found a box full of sharp objects with a wonderful day. <laughs> well, then. That starts us off on the right foot, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> Um, I've also got uh, equally talented, but in a different way. He's a wonderful artist. He's a kind person. He's gifted of gab. So if he was from the Emerald Isle, he probably would know much about the Blarney Stone. His name is James Rambo. Greetings and salutations, folks. So let's go ahead and kick this episode off, guys. It's another episode of GGR Pirate Radio starting right now. GR Pirate Radio. 
Don't be a juice bag. Start your computations for time warp. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists, you throw them in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You goddamn right, I did. This is called Pirate Radio. Well, Jeff, my friend, today's the day you become a man. A pinata man. Hey, Phil. Phil? Hey, Phil Connors, Ned. Why would they make you president? Well, maybe it's because I can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second. This is called Pilot Radio. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. 69, dudes! Sport Leaf Clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so f***ing awkward, bud. This is called Pilot Radio. Dylan! You son of a... Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> uh, Pam, I will end you. This is called Pilot Radio. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we're going to do a special episode for you tonight. We're going to be talking about mental health. I feel like at this time of year, it's it's vitally important because there's something weird about the holidays, and I don't know the exact reasons why. And honestly, anybody who tells you uh, tells you that they do is 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 really not. They're just guessing. Nobody knows for sure, but. Even though you're surrounded by family, you're surrounded by friends, people tend to be in a better mood and, and want to be happier and jollier and and there's a giving nature in general. A lot of people suffer with seasonal depression, just regular old nasty depression, anxiety, all sorts of things because of the holidays. And that's why we chose this particular evening to, to devote to this topic because it's important and we don't want people to suffer in silence. So I've brought two people that when I'm having issues – with my mental health or depression or, or whatever it is or somebody or sometimes I just need somebody to talk to. Uh, these are two of the guys that I go to. Um, it's one of the podcasting co-hosts of GGR Pirate Radio uh, tonight. Uh, we've got MC Brooks. Hello. We've also got the wonderfully talented and always up for a good conversation. And I am thankful for that uh, kind of tying in with last week's episode. And that's Mr. James Rambo. Hey, hey. Guys, I, I want to talk about just any like open form there, there's no like hey i'm gonna ask you guys a question then we're gonna go round table no i just kind of want to i want to talk about how important this is and and like why it's important to you that we kind of knock down the stigma of this because th there's an article in uh men's health um uh, that's out right now if you go I mean, you can go to their website it's menshealth.com and it says like at the top of it one of the most integral components is your mind and talking about your health and that's that, that's absolutely 100% accurate, but for many men, it's not a priority. And I want to talk to you guys about, like, first off, why do you think that is? But also, too, like, 
how hard has it been to kind of overcome that stigma? Because it's something that I feel like we're all about the same age. It's something that we all kind of grew up with that guys just don't talk about their feelings. And if you do, it somehow makes you weak, which is so fucked up in so many ways. But we'll start with, with you, Mr. Rambo, uh, since it's been a while since we've had you on the podcast, buddy, kind of give us some of your insights on this. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, it really comes down to stigmatizing any kind of emotional response um, that isn't based in violence or anger from men. Um, it's it's one of the joys of a patriarchal society is it is designed to um, like it doesn't just hurt the women in the in that society. Um, if you are some, I remember uh, um, not too long ago watching. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings with my nephew and nieces and an older sister. And, uh, you know, that is a, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. But that movie, um, is pretty brutal toward the end, um, in terms of how it handles emotions. Uh, it's, it's rough. Uh, and it, it brings dear to my eye. I'm a guy who cries a lot as I've gotten older. Um, I'll cry at the drop of a hat on like a movie or TV show or, you know, at a comic. Um, and my youngest niece looks over at me and she gives me this very quizzical look like, what, what are you doing? And she goes, allergies? I go, no. And she stares at me and she's, you know, she's single digits age. She's maybe eight or nine at this point. Um, but she's just, she was so thrown by seeing a grown man shed a tear for any reason, let alone the fact that it was over, you know, a stop motion movie. Um, and, you know, it, it's something that has started early, clearly. Yeah, um, that's, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's really depressing, um, <laughs> which is funny and ties into our theme. Um, and it's, it's uh, it only serves to hurt everyone involved. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're someone who... If you're if you're a man who feels emotion, so you know one that is alive, uh, and is vocal about it, more often than not, you're going to be made fun of, or you know, even people like well-meaning people, or, or or like you know, some of the more liberal people I know will still like, you know, throw a joke your way, um, for you know, and it it's it just it's built in. Um, it is drilled into us from a very early age and from most all media that the only emotions men are supposed to feel are um, happiness, but only in um, not not in like a, a, a like a joyful, um, like, quote unquote, girly kind of way uh, or anger. Um, and if you emote any other kind of way, you're you know, there's something wrong with you. Uh, you're acting like a woman. Um, or a child. Um, and it, it, I mean, it comes back to our enjoyment of, um, of nerd shit is also childish. Men aren't supposed to feel, you know, outright joy about something, um, unless it's a sport or it's, you know, something involving violence in some way or shape or form. Um, which, you know, those two things often tie together. Um, so yeah, this idea that you would you know get like show some sort of joy over a movie or a video game or a cartoon or something um, is a big part of that as well. 
it's let me real real quick because i mean that's a wow it's <laughs> there's so much that i want to say about this because it's it's such a a dense cake of topic we have here like you're not cutting through this like what's an easy push there's a lot to unpack here with this and and then i want to pass this over to mc but like one of the things that you said, Rambo, that I that I really wanted to kind of respond to is is talking about how at a young age this gets embedded in our children. And like with my son, I, I, I try not to talk too much about him other than like little stories here because like it's I mean, it's a podcast. I, I mean, like, you know, who's who's really going to know a whole lot about my kid, but I try not to delve too too deeply into all of his little personal workings. But he's an emotional kid just by nature. And like, that's me. I'm an emotional person too. And like a lot of the conversations we have are about, listen, buddy, your first response to something needs to be, you need to think first before you start emotionally responding because that's not the best way to do things. And and realizing that like, I'm teaching him some shit that like people in their thirties and forties and fifties and sixties don't do. Yeah. And like, this is some difficult stuff to handle at 11, you know, like, and he's just an emotional kid. Like he, he feels everything really, really deeply. And like, I, I constantly debate with myself, like where, what I should be teaching him with this. Like, what is, what exactly is it to like, what, what does it mean to be a man? Like emotionally, like, and, and I have a really hard time with it. And like, a lot of times like the, the thing that I've been trying to teach him lately is like, listen, our our job as guys in this family is to just get shit done. I understand that you you don't want to do it and that you're upset or you're sad. I was like, I am too. I was like, we just got to get through it. And then once we're once we're done with it, once we're done taking out the trash or going and doing these chores, whatever it is, like we'll probably feel a little bit better. But then then we can loaf around and we'll watch The Simpsons on Disney Plus. How does that sound? And he's and like he kind of gets that a little bit. But like that's kind of how I was taught to deal with it. Is like it's gonna suck and there's gonna be days where you just don't even want to get out of bed. And like sometimes you physically feel like you can't, but you just you got to find a way to just get your feet moving. And then sometimes it'll get a little bit better. And like little things too, like the things that like undiagnosed anxiety, like that's like, fuck, my dad used to tell me that because I, I used to every morning I would get sick before I would go to school. My stomach would hurt. I feel like I was going to throw up. And he told me he was like, I used to have that, too. It's called 10 o'clock itis. And I looked at him like he was crazy. He's like, because I would feel sick to my stomach before school and it would always go away by 10 o'clock. Once I was at school, it was better. And like I'm hearing this as a kid and I was like, oh, OK, well, it's just a thing. You know, it's fine. I'll get over it. And then realizing as an adult, fuck, my dad had anxiety, too. Mm -hmm. Like, And it's just like. This is the shit that we we had to grow up with. We just you had to deal and you didn't know how to do it any other way. And like, honestly, if you were taking time to get yourself right mentally, you felt selfish and you felt like you were somehow taking away from all of the other things that you had to do. I mean, at least this is this was my perspective on this is like, all right, well, I'm going to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I'm talking to somebody about my feelings. Oh, well, this is me. I'm going to put myself behind other people because they don't have to have these same problems. Well, it just turns out that most of them probably just weren't dealing with them at all. And it makes me wonder like what this world would be like, what our society would be like if everybody actually not was forced, but everybody went and had therapy and, and talked through these things and learned how to handle things 
properly emotionally. Like, I feel like they talk about like the divorce rates over 50%. I feel like the divorce rate would be a lot lower if like people actually knew how to deal with it, deal with their feelings properly. Yeah, no, that'd be, a, that's a huge yeah. part of it. Yeah. Uh, MC, I want, uh, give me a little perspective, man. Um, like I know we talked a little bit about, about it off air last week, but like, did you did you have difficulties with this growing up as well like are do you experience this now where people like because you're an emotional person too i mean like i see it like in, in like your social media posts in general but like do you catch shit for that um i used to i think in recent years i've done a pretty good job of surrounding myself with people who are either like me or are understanding of the fact that you know, I'm, I'm, I'm myself. I'm not Mr. I'm not macho, you know, keep everything inside, bottle it up and only emote in, you know, two or three forms. Like that's, that's not the person I am. It's never been the person I am. And even, even in my, my childhood, I, I struggled with it a lot because a lot of my guy friends then were kind of that way. And like, you know, it was, it was, you know, our, you know, our emotions were literal, literally excitement or anger. Like there was very little in between. And like, we didn't really talk about, uh, talk about stuff like that. So it was weird for me because I would feel these things. Um, didn't really have the language to explain it, which I think is, is a, is a thing for, I think for us in particular, which is, you know, when we were younger and we were growing up, like, we didn't have the language to describe a lot of the things we felt or, the thoughts that we had and like now we had like we have words for it we have terminology for it we have yeah. things that describe very specific things that we just kind of attributed to something else um when we were when we were kids um but i i did deal with it a little bit uh when i was younger and, and i went to an all boys high school so like it was it, it was a very unique experience because you know in my adolescence i'm in a school with uh, I'm trying to remember, like a, a thousand boys, give or take. Wow. Um, in a school, so I mean, it wasn't so like, and, and we're you're navigating, you know, different personality types and people from from all different walks of life. But the, the, it was weird because, like, at, at that school, the majority of the people who were there played a sport, and I didn't. I didn't. I, I like. I originally went there for a sport, but I, I didn't go for a sport. So, um, you know, a, a lot of the the people, the guys I was around were, you know, they, they were kind of in that vein of like not really expressing themselves um, in ways like in, in ways like like I would be more prone to. Because by the time I got to high school, like I was I was writing, you know, I was writing then I was doing poetry like I was I was a pretty expressive kid, but. You know, it, it, who got to see that was was only really a, a hand, a handful of people. So, um, but what I think it speaks to is that I mean, ultimately, you know, we we are all reflections of the environments we we grew up in, and the environment that we all have in common is this country, and and this is this is this is kind of what it is. Um, when you're here, uh, well, not only in this country, but just this world in general, like men run this world, you know, men created the society that we all live and operate under men created the, the gender roles that so many people adhere to. And like, it's by and large, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's been men that are 
the source as to like kind of why things are the way they are and um i'm glad like uh, i'm glad that you know kind of the one one of the good things i would say that's happened in like the last 10 years or so is there has been more there have been more active efforts to kind of destigmatize it destigmatize men who are emotional men who are open to speaking about their feelings men who want to do that uh men who want to bond and have friendships uh with other men that are not just based in you know hey we both like sport or movie or you know thing so what's crazy though is like just just think about it for like a second have you have you ever had like a friend that you opened up to and you were like you were telling them about your problems like just because you know you you were pretty good friends like on the surface level and you opened up to them and you were like hey you know i'm having a really hard time with this you know know, depression's been kicking my ass i'm not really sure what to do and their response is well that sucks and then they change the subject like i I feel like that happens so often like we're, we're we as guys are so uncomfortable about talking about this and like we're so uncomfortable with dealing with with emotions with another guy. Like we'll listen to a female talk about it all day. Like, but for whatever reason, like when it's another dude, we're like, no, we can't talk about this, man. There's some sort of weird bro code where we're not allowed to talk about this. Or like you'll say something and be like, like if I were to say like right now, MC, I love you, or James Rambo, I love you. When you have those people that'll say that and they'd be like, huh, no homo. Like, why do you have to preface that? Like, are you, first off. There's nothing wrong with being gay. Secondly, are you so afraid of being gay or somebody thinking that you're gay that it would ruin everything? Like, who the fuck cares? Like, uh, it, it's, third, I mean, saying no homo makes everything a thousand times gayer. Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, it's so it's <laughs> you're so afraid that you're gay that you've become gayer in the process of by saying that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's <laughs> it's utter nonsense. I mean, and, but that just that just speaks to. Um, I mean that that just speaks to associating emotions and whatnot with the feminine because that's also another stereotype of you know people who are gay is that you know they're naturally more effeminate so they're more emotional et cetera et cetera so that's that that ties directly into what we've just been talking about. Yeah, and like maybe it's one of those things too. Like I don't know if you guys run into this or not. Like I have plenty of of guy friends in general. But, like, when I was younger, I had a lot more female friends than I had guy friends. Like, I was closer to female. Not just, like, because, you know, like, and again, that's the common guy thing. Oh, you're just trying to get in their pants. Nah, not really. Like, for whatever reason, it was easier for me to talk to girls. And I could connect with them for, for some reason because there was this always this thing with being friends with guys. Like, I had so many guys that I thought were, like, really, really good friends and then something bad would happen or something, like, emotional would happen. They would just be like, oh, oh just, uh, you know, man up, dude. And you're like, that that's not really a solution. And that literally helps me zero percent. There's nothing that's gonna help me by what you just said. You know, like what did, I don't really you... understand is what is what is the benefit from like oh, all right, so so where in did the association become that emotional equals woman or emotional equals weakness because I've never really, I don't see the connection. Um, like what, 
is it that like from I I I, I can't even posit like what it could, what it could be like I really legitimately don't understand how that how that connection is drawn. Yeah, it's because women tend to be more nurturing. It's I, I don't I don't understand that either. Like it's it's a very strange correlation, and and I don't think it's every culture. I think it's I think it's an American thing, you know. I, I like because like a perfect example as I see there was a an article that was talking about like like Star Wars in other countries and how they interpret it, and there was a cartoon version of Star Wars, and it showed like the characters like in battle like like weeping, and I was like that's interesting that's different, but they were saying that, that I guess in the Japanese culture that's very common to show that it's a very emotional scene, and like thinking like how uncomfortable men would have been seeing something like that in America. Like, why are they crying? What the fuck's their problem? You know, like, and that's the thing too, is like, I was, I was watching, there's this interesting Netflix series and I wish I could remember what it was called. It's about a magician and he's actually really, really good. Like I was blown away at how good this guy was. And he what he did that like that old psychology uh, experiment where you take a kid and you put him in a room and you have a marshmallow in front of him and you tell him like hey listen you can eat this one marshmallow right now or if you wait 10 minutes with this marshmallow in front of you in this room by yourself you'll get two marshmallows and the guy basically turns it into a um a trick it's called magic for humans is what it's called and uh, the guy's name is Justin Wilman and what he ends up doing is, is like, because he's got a, because he's a magician, he has one of those magic cups and he puts it over the marshmallow, right? And he leaves the room and the kid picks up the cup to see if the marshmallow is there and the marshmallow is gone. And he comes back and he was like, oh, well, I was going to give you two marshmallows, but it looks like you ate the other one because it disappeared. And like, it's supposed to be like funny and you're supposed to see like this kid laugh. He'd be like, no, I didn't eat it. It magically disappeared, right? You're supposed to be like, oh, haha, nobody believes that. But the kid started crying. And it immediately made me feel like an asshole because like I, I thought I was like, that's my kid. That that's him. He that's what he would do because he would be so upset because he's like, I had enough self-control to do this thing that you want. And then magic fucked me. And now I don't get any marshmallows. <laughs> and like some like, do, do you see what I'm saying? Where like people like that kid got laughed at. I guarantee you people laughed at that kid. Oh, look at him. He's crying about a marshmallow. And like there's nothing wrong with that response because like you tried really hard and you failed and it wasn't your fault. Like it, it's, it just, it blows my mind the way our society is, has done this. And like, if you look at like ancient Greek um, stories, like uh, the Odyssey, for instance, Odysseus is like murdering all of those suitors. Right. And they talk about in that part where he's killing all those people, he's crying because he doesn't want to murder people because murdering people is fucked up. And like, Again, like people don't understand that. They they think that like men are supposed to be these like mindless killing machines. And it's it's how do we overcome this? Got to keep talking about stuff, man. <clears throat> the only way to I I I am 100% with you in terms of um getting stuff out in the open. Um I understand that some folks get uncomfortable and they're not really, you know, emotionally prepared to to deal with stuff um, that has, you know, been been aired out. But the longer you wait, the more. And I, I say this as someone who is actively doing this myself. I need to be in therapy. I know I do, um, but I'm not for a number of reasons, not the least of which is I'm fucking terrified of having to deal with these things. Um, 
but I know that intellectually, I know that if we all are vocal about this and we all talk about, you know, our individual mental health histories, our families, um, it's normalized. And once it's normalized, it's not a big deal. It's no different than it's, it would be as absurd as saying, Oh, what you broke your, your arm. We can go to a fucking doctor. You pussy. Like the idea that we have this stigma attached to mental health as opposed to physical health is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, if we're looking for a solution, that's the only way I can think of is to make it so that everyone is comfortable talking about this. Um, because if you can't talk about it, you can't deal with it. If you don't deal with it, it doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to n- normalize it. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat as Rambo. I also know that I uh, need to be in therapy. And I, I actually made an attempt la- earlier this year to try to do that. Um, didn't really work out for a number of reasons. But um, the very first time I actually went to therapy was about five years ago. And it was probably the best decision I made for myself at that time. And then immediately after, you know, going through a couple sessions with, with my therapist, then, you know, I, I just, I just started talking to a lot of my guy friends then just about it because, and, and even till now, like I, I try to do what I can to encourage people like, Hey, if you can go to therapy, definitely go. It, it did wonders for me. And I mean, I still have a, a long ways to go and, unpacking a lot of stuff uh that i've experienced in my, in my lifetime but um i mean it, it is a it is a matter of just normalizing it like i've i've people have told me that because i've been very open about you know stuff on social media or in in my music or just in you know regular conversation with them that i've been so open about the fact that yeah like i've went to see help i've went to i've gone to talk to someone about you know, thoughts I've had or things I've been through or, you know, difficult, uh, my own difficulty with, with processing something and it's motivated them to go and, and do the same. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, kind of an each one teach one, you know, if you can, if you can motivate one person to do it, if you can motivate one person to go and, and actually seek the help, then, you know, you, you, you've done your job because ultimately, you know, we, and, and this is also a, 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 a direct result of, you know, the society we li- that we live in, which is can't do it by ourselves. Like we, we, we tend to have this thing where we want to try to resolve it by ourselves. Like, you know, oh, you know, I'm going through this. Well, I'll just do this, this, this. And, you know, I'll feel better and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that that might work. That might work. That it might work once. It might work for a brief period of time. But. We need to acknowledge that some some things are bigger than us. Some things are bigger than uh, writing the feelings out on paper. Some things are bigger than just talking to the people in our circle. Like it's it, we need to do continue to just normalize seeking help, talking to doctors, talking to therapists. You know, whatever whatever someone needs to do so that they can get on a, a path towards uh, having better mental health. Yeah. I mean, and it's, if you, if a pipe bursts in your house, you're going to call a plumber, right? Like there's, there's not going to be a matter of, oh, well, 
you know, I'm a self-made man, so I need to be the one to take care of this by myself without anybody's outside assistance. Like, that's absurd. That's that's incredibly ridiculous. Right. Um, and again, like, you know, you if you, if you fall down a flight of stairs <laughs> and break your ankle, it's not going to be this, well, no need to go to the doctor. Um, although, even as I say that, I can think of, you know, the last generation or two of men that I know who would absolutely be like, no, there's no reason to go to the doctor. I'm, I'm fine. Um, yeah. Trying to play off this whole idea of, you know, you're only you, it, it, to show weakness, um, to, to, to say, admit that you need help is to show weakness. Exactly. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just fucking sad, man. You know, I think what, about good. I'm sorry. Like, what really compounds this, though, too, is and I wonder if it's a chicken and the egg sort of thing is how many of us have either injured ourselves physically or mentally. We need to go see somebody because we know that we're suffering or that we're struggling and you don't have the money to do it like you're you're not able to handle that. And and that's that's what's fucked up is where you have to force yourself to do this old school yeah mentality of just buck up man up and handle your shit yourself because you you're, you're fucking broke like yeah that that's mm-hmm. so that's, like that's that I, that happened to me two years was three years ago three years ago i injured my ankle playing football um to the point where i really i couldn't like after my game was over i couldn't walk like it, it i I, I couldn't walk. I, I tried. I got about half a block before I realized that there was there was no way I was going to get to the metro. I ended up having to make several phone calls and, and ultimately ended up having a friend drive all the way into D.C. to pick me up to take me home because I didn't because I, there was there was no way I was going to I was going to make it. And damn, dude. It, yeah. Like it, 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 and it was bad because even even the next day. Uh, ended up I ended up missing two days of work because I I couldn't I mean it was I could not walk on I couldn't walk on it at all but at that point I didn't have health insurance so I didn't really have a choice because I was like I probably should go get someone to look at this so I can see you know is it a sprain is it just swollen like I have no idea what's going on with my ankle but because I couldn't I I sat at home for two days with ice on my ankle elevating it until I got to a point where I could actually walk on it, even with a, just a slight limp. And then I went back about my day or my life. Yeah. That's, you know, you got to do what, do what you can. Yeah. Because sure as fuck aren't going to be able to be helped by a hospital or, you know, an urgent care. And like urgent exactly. care is just so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and, and I mean, this even ties in the mental health stuff because even trying to get help, is it like if you don't have insurance, it's expensive, dude. Uh, here's here's another caveat to this too, like kind of an inverse, and it just shows you the mentality of of a lot of these like patriarchal type societies. Like, okay, the military. Let's let's talk about the fucking military for a second here. Okay, I when when you first get to basic training, right? Pretty much everybody gets sick. Because you're 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 going from wherever it is that you're from to this different state to train, but also to you're around I don't know hundreds of other randos from all over the country who are bringing their funk and filth with them too. So you get like this weird like 
crud. Everybody gets like th- this, this, this cold. And I ended up getting an upper respiratory infection when I was in basic training to the point where I couldn't breathe. Like I was so congested and so sick that like I passed out on one of our runs. And do you want to know what they prescribed me when I went to, they, and they call it sick call. Um, oh, oh, also too, when you go to sick call, you're called a broke dick. That's fun too. Um, so there's that stigma with it. They gave me Tylenol and Sudafed. That's it for a fucking upper respiratory infection. They gave me Sudafed and Tylenol because they're like, just suck it up. Go back out there and deal with it. Like, so if you were to have mental health issues, let's, and, and let me tell you from experience, from guys that I know and from being one of them, a lot of people who go overseas and a lot of people who are in the military deal with a lot of mental health issues. But when this is when they deal with, this is how they deal with you when you have an upper respiratory infection, which is easily fixed with some, some decent cold medicine and like some over, like some prescription stuff. Like how are they going to handle your mental health issues? Why Michael, do you mean to tell me that the American military doesn't have the money to do this? Or do you think it might be perhaps, you know, allocated in other ways? We don't got money for our guys to have proper mental health, but let me tell you, our tanks are huge. They're huge. <laughs> they don't actually, you know, you can't really drive them or shoot things, but they're really big. They're, they're so big. Big tanks, man. As big as fuck, big as fuck. <laughs> Goddamn big ass tanks. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just like it, it's it's so fucked up how how messed up our priorities are in this country, you know? Like we we will we will go to another country and blow up other people so that we have enough oil to continue our our machine of, of military to sweep across the globe. But man, let me tell you, if one of those guys is depressed because he saw three of his squad mates get blown the fuck up, we ain't got we ain't got money for that. We ain't got time for that. No, nobody's got time for that shit. Like it's it's just it's so fucked up. And like when you you can't even talk about it because people will call you every single fucking name in the book. Like it's it's just reinforcing these, these, these fucking horrible stereotypes and this like, it's just bad. Like, it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Oh man, I'm broken. I don't have any money. You know what I should, and I don't have health insurance. Maybe I should join the military. Okay. Join the military. So everybody (laughs) fucking makes fun of you for every single stupid bullshit thing that you did. I fucking, I tore three ligaments in my goddamn knee. Three, three of them. There are four ligaments in your knee. So I was one away from the, from a fucking grand slam. And I, <laughs> I, I was limping back. I was limping back to our, to our command post, limping back, like not like laying on the ground and crying. I was fucking walking on the goddamn thing. And everybody was calling me every fucking name in the book because I couldn't run as fast as everybody else, which I still did. I still ran like an asshole. And I get back there and like, did anybody say, Jesus Christ, dude, we're sorry. We didn't realize that you were that fucking hurt. No, nobody gave a shit. Like, Oh man, that's cool. You must be getting some good painkillers. Yeah, that's a good yeah, drug abuse. That's fucking great. Like it just like it's funny now, but good lord, man. Like how fucked up is that? It this is our world that we live in. And like these are these are the guys. Like it, it's these are the guys that like people will look up to and they'll play that fucking Lee Greenwood proud to be an American bullshit song and everybody'll fucking salute them. And like it, it's just it's if only people knew like how toxic that environment is and like how how bad it can be for people and why the the suicide rate is so high for dudes in the military because they don't know what to do for help because there is no answer why do you think people who don't have any money the suicide rate is so high because there's no fucking answer what are you gonna do you're gonna talk to them everybody around you is dealing with the same problems you are um maybe maybe better maybe worse um 
and they're all in the same boat. So when you say, well, I, uh, I had a really hard time getting out of bed the last couple of days and all the things that I do for fun, uh, don't really bring me any joy anymore. Um, and I know that if I'm not able to go to work for the next six out of seven days, I won't be able to make rent. And they go, yeah, me too. Fuck you. Because what are you supposed to say? What, do you, like, what, what, what is to be done? Um, yeah, it's it, the, 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 the oh God. It's there's so many problems. And, and this one issue is tied to so many things. Um, I mean, well, think of it this way. You wake up um, and you have a cold, right? Yeah. You can call it a work. Hey, I'm not feeling well enough to come in. Um, I'm not going to be able to make it in. That isn't unheard of. It, it's not a thing that, you know, that never happens. Ideally, you don't do it all the time. Yeah. But, you know, it comes up. But you wake up and you're just not feeling like you can get up and go tackle the day. Suck it up. Everybody feels sad sometimes. Who gives a shit? Like, the, the idea of... And, and, like, let it be found out that you took a mental health day as opposed to a physical health day. Well, shit, you might be having a conversation with your manager for a little bit, assuming you still have that job. Right. Let me tell you some white privilege here that I have. <laughs> it is. The, it was getting out of retail and going into this, this in, industry that I work in now that I don't have to worry about that. That if I take a sick day, I get paid for it. That, like, I didn't know what to do with myself. Because, like, I called out and I felt guilty. And, like, I thought that they were going to, like, call me back later and be like, hey, we really need you to come in. No, it's a big fucking building full of hundreds of people. They don't give a shit. Like, it's it's awesome. Like, it, it literally was. Like, I didn't know how to handle it. Because I was so used to feeling guilty. I was so used to being guilted by the guys that I was that were on my squad. And, and they would call me all sorts of fucking horrible names. Like, I, I, I legitimately expected either that or, like, either, like, a military person to, like, call me after I called out being sick and being like, get back to work, broke dick. Or, like, have, like, some douchebag district manager from GameStop being like, uh, we know you're sick, but uh, we really need you to come into the store because there's not enough shift coverage. I don't give a fuck, dude. I'm sick. Like, you don't have to worry about that. And, like, it's... It makes me realize that the kind of job that I have, not everybody has. And like, I, I also realized yep. too, that if there was universal healthcare, like, fuck, do you have any idea how that would change the economy? Everybody would do jobs that they actually wanted to do. Yeah. Cause I've experienced the opposite side of that. I, I had a job dock my pay because I, I was missing too many days because going there gave me anxiety attacks. Which, oh, how, how dare you? That like that is so fucking absurd. Not even do you not even we're not going to pay you for the days you were here and not yeah. pay you for the days you weren't. We're going to take extra money out of your check. Yeah. Undeserved too, because they there was a there were because there were there were there was a week that there were days that I actually worked and they like they they took money out as if I didn't work any of those days. Yeah. And there wasn't I anything I can do about it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Who are you going to take it to? You know, talk to fucking HR if it's, you know, a 10-person company. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. But um, there, 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 something that, that, that you said, Mike, um, that I want to address, which is think of how fucking dumb it is that the insult used for if you are feeling tired or weak or not able to physically perform 
um, in a in a job that has nothing to do with sexuality. The insult used is broke dick. <laughs> yep. Because that is how incredibly tied your masculinity is to everything you're doing in that position. It has, I don't know about you fellas, but I've never had to use my penis to stand up or walk around or pick anything up. Um, oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> I just, you know, maybe that's just how I operate. Um, but the idea that like, that's where it comes back, what it comes back to. Yeah. It's like, oh, you can't, you know, lift this rucksack and run these four miles, broke dick. Wait, what? I, what does one have to do with the other? I don't understand. What, do you, what the fuck are you talking about? That is so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I, I I did. It is. It's absolutely ridiculous. But it, what was funny was, is like, there was a dude who, the worst thing about it was, is like realizing how, how, like, low your self-confidence is, is when somebody says something like that and it hurts. You know, but like there was one dude I remember he was a pri he was prior service like he was he was a he was a really cool dude. He was in the Marines before, but he had like rejoined the military uh, after 9-11. I mean, same reason that I did. Right. And he was he was sick and he went to sick call and he was like, I'm going to sick call. And they were like, yeah, you're a broke dick. And he's like, yeah, probably. But I'm going to go get some medicine. And I was just like I looked at him and I was like, that didn't bother you at all. He's like, what the fuck do you think I care about what those guys say? And I was like, I, I just wanted to say to him, I, I couldn't say it because I felt like I would have been like, you know, those old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons where it was like the big dog and the little dog and like the little dogs like yapping around all around him. Like I felt like I was the little dog at that point. I just wanted to be his friend. And like I just wanted to say that. Like, can I hang out with you? Can, can we can we can we do things? I'll be the little dog. You be the big dog and we'll just hang out and do things can, can we do that your like, ways yes exactly what, like what, how did you develop this ca, 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 confidence yes how did you do this without other people telling you how to feel about things yeah like he was a really a fucking great guy like he really was and like it, he probably kept me sane through a lot of that stuff because like of course you not you don't know that you have anxiety until you're older, but when you're 19 and you're in the military, after something horrible shit happens to your family, you deal with some anxiety stuff where you're like, oh my god, what am I gonna do if we go to war? And I da, 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 da. and he's like, dude, just don't worry about it. It's fine. We'll be there. I'll be with you. Don't worry about it. We'll be fine. Uh, uh, you sure? Yes. Okay. It'll be yeah, fine, right? Yes. It's okay. either gonna go really well or really bad. So okay. <laughs> there's only two ways this can go. Yeah. Like it's you you, you need other people, and I think that that's kind of the 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 message we, we've established with this is that w we as humans are a social collective. Like it's, and I wonder if, if mental health has always been this bad or that we just know more about it now, because I wonder if it's getting worse because I feel like people have become much more solitary. Like you will have people who will not go out of their houses or their apartments for, for days, like unless they absolutely have to, to go to work or to go to school or to, um, to take care of the various things that they need. And half the time they don't even need to leave to do that. They can do all of their shopping online and this stuff can be delivered directly to their house. And I don't know how healthy that really is. I don't think it's, I mean, it's, 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 it is to a point, honestly, I think like with many of the problems we're seeing, um, um, online in terms of like police brutality and you know think of any awful thing that you're confronted with on a day-to-day -day basis it's not getting worse it might not be getting better but i don't think it's getting worse it's just we're more aware of it 
Yeah. And those those people who can now like work from home and get, you know, get their food delivered to them, they might have already been dead if they weren't able to do those things. Yeah. Or or they might have like had an outburst at work and been fired for it. Yep. But because and, of, yeah. yeah. That's a really good point, man. I yeah. Um because yeah. uh, uh, um to kind of piggyback off of that, I, I think that you know, our generation, our generation, the generations after us have just they've they've gotten better at being more expressive and also setting boundaries where whereas I think in the past that wasn't that wasn't so prevalent. I read an article about this uh, a while ago about like the reason you're seeing all these these things about how millennials are not doing X, Y and Z and, you know, they're killing this industry and blah, blah is mostly because they they don't feel obligated to 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 do these things like they 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 are more comfortable with setting these boundaries of well I'm just not going to do this thing because it it's not going it's not going to be good for my mental health which honestly like, I'm just it, jealous I'm not, that they're able to do that like <laughs> yeah 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 for sure it's the it, it's empower. It's, it's awesome to watch. It really is like to see that the younger generation kind of gets it and is not beholden to these same things that we are. And I, I wonder if, do you think, okay, like I get to a point, like I used to always think of myself as a really social person. But like, like, oh, I love being around people. I love being in groups. I love talking. I do. But like, I also I get to a point where like I had enough. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever run into this, but like when you're trying to leave like a party, it's almost like it's almost too much to deal with. And you just want to kind of sneak out because yeah. the, the whole <laughs> rigmarole of having to say goodbye to every single person and explain like, oh, yeah, I got to get up tomorrow morning or like. You know, hey, I've just had too much night and everybody's like, oh, no, stay, hang out. And you're just like, no, fuck, leave me alone. And you just don't want to deal with it. I think they call it I think they call it the Irish, uh, the Irish leave or something. It's like, yeah, there's like a term for it. But like, you just Irish goodbye. Yeah, the Irish goodbye. Thank you. Yeah. Like, have you guys I, I don't, also don't know how so, if you guys are as social as I am. But honestly, I've gotten to the point where I'm not social. Like, I, I can go out and then I I don't even want to go out anymore. <laughs> like, I like going out to dinner with my family and then it's like, all right, time to go home. I've had enough. Like, I just don't want to be around large groups anymore. And it's not an anxiety thing. It's just, I would prefer to not have to deal with it. It's something I've been really, yeah. really, uh, um, aware of of late as the last couple of years, I've gone from being like super extrovert, want to be around everybody to pulling back a lot more. And it's, it's something I've been almost worried about, you know, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, is like, well, what does that mean? Like, that's, I, I've had like issues with like personal identity for a long time in terms of certain aspects of my personality being attached to my, um, sort of like representative, uh, uh idea of who I am. Like they're, they're just, they're just so tied into what I, who and what I am that if something changes, I kind of have this personal crisis of like, well, what does that mean? You know, am I still the same person? And, and well, how's that going to change me going forward? And, and, you know, how are people going to be affected by that? Um, and so like the extroversion kind of shifting into more introversion, um, is something I've been really, really aware of. And it's, it's, it's kind of worried me, honestly. Um, you know, is this I, I, like, so, you know, 
a little background on my family history. Um, I don't know the mental health history of my dad's side of the family, but my mom's side of the family, without giving away too much about, you know, too many extended members of the family. Um, but my mom is dead now, so she's not going to complain. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, my mother was, uh, bipolar. Um, she would suffer in like extreme bipolar in terms of like really, really bad outbursts. Um, every couple of years, usually around three years, she'd have a manic or depressive episode and she'd become a completely different person. So for me, um, I have been waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I experience, you know, bouts of depression. Like I lost a job a couple years back and it really fucked me up. Um, like I've never been a, a not, not since I was a kid, I've been a thin guy, but I definitely put on a lot of weight um, immediately after losing that job. And it was because of depressive overeating and um, a lot of like shame associated with that. Um, but with, um, you know, I, I keep waiting for the, you know, this, this like bipolar demon to kind of rear its head. Um, and, you know, I mentioned before, like I should be in therapy for this, but one of the, one of the multiple reasons that I'm not is money. Um, it's not like covered. I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't honestly don't know what the mental health coverage is for my, uh, with my insurance. Um, but, uh, I know that even if it is, it's going to be absurdly expensive, um, to get the kind of help I would really need. Um, so it's easy to kind of kid myself and talk myself out of exploring those options and and doing what I really should do. Um, but yeah, anytime, you know, in the last you know, a couple of years where I, I just felt, you know, more like staying in, there's this sort of lingering doubt in the back of my mind. Like, well, what does that mean? Why is that? What are yeah. you worried about? Like, why, why don't you want to go out? Um, dude, and it's, it's definitely yeah. a concern. I just, I want to say that th- this, what we established, the reason for this podcast is, is actually working just amongst us because my mom was, we not diagnosed. That was the problem is she would never go see a doctor for it. But we're pretty sure that she was paranoid schizophrenic because my her my her father was. And I could see it in little things. Like we were at a family function and people were making fun of her about something that she did, and it was a joke and it was funny. And she got so uncomfortable that she just started throwing accusations at other people. And as I got old, I would just remember being utterly embarrassed by this. But as I got older, realizing what that was. And I have those same, I'll have these moments where it's almost like I hear it in her voice, like these paranoid thoughts that pop into my brain where it's like, like we'll have a conversation like on the podcast, like all, like, like the three of us or like Steve's here, the four of us and like something will be said. And it was so inconsequential, but I'll dwell on that one thing. And I'm like, Oh God, I hope they weren't offended by me saying this one thing or, Oh, what do they think of me now by this, this little thing. And like, it's, I literally have to talk myself into not being paranoid about it. I literally have to convince myself, no, Mike, they're your friends. They don't fucking care. And if they did, MC would say, Mike, that was fucked up, dude. Or like Rambo's going to be like, dude, that wasn't funny. Like, don't say that shit. Like someone's going to say something because they're your friends, because one, they know your intent. They know that you didn't mean anything by it. And two, if they were offended, they would definitely tell you. And if they're not 
offended, then that's why they're not saying anything. Not because they hate you and now they're just going to unfriend you and that's how it's going to work. No, that's not how the real world works. That's not how people work. Like I literally have to talk myself into this sometimes. And it's like, and honestly, it's, it's refreshing to know that I'm not the only person that worries about this. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's. It's a network, man. We've created a network of, of people trying to help each other. So it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I deal with the same thing too, Mike. Like I, I actually just had to, I just had the thought uh, earlier today because yeah. of uh, I, I was thinking about one of the group chats, one of the group chats that I'm in, and you know, I'm someone who's pretty. I I, I pride myself on being a pretty observant person, and. That it's like a good and bad thing when you're an observant person who's also an overthinker. Yep. Who <laughs> so, you know, you start to read a lot into uh, certain things or start, you know, uh, taking certain things personal or, you know, or telling yourself, you know, that people are doing this because it's you and they don't actually like you and all this other stuff. And like I had a whole I had a whole moment at work. I actually had to go take a whole smoke break, which I like I don't really do much anymore. But I had to take a break because I really just had to like kind of get out of my head for a, a second because I wasn't really sure where all this stuff is coming from. It's, yeah, it's like, and it is comforting to know that there are other people who who you know are also experiencing it, so you don't feel like you're by yourself. Because that's also another like a, a thing we didn't really touch on too very much which is you know kind of how how much like how detrimental it how how it can worsen your own mental health because you feel like you you're by yourself in these situations too yeah absolutely it's for me and, I, and i've said this before but like for me a lot of times it is it is saying those words out loud and realizing because sometimes i'll say I'll, I'll say the paranoid things that i think to somebody that i trust and then as soon as i say it i'm like that's that sounds so fucking nuts right there's no way there's no <laughs> way that any that any of that would ever happen i literally did it at work i was talking about like oh well here's this one thing that happened and i wonder if this if so and so saw this and then they thought oh well this is this and this is this so therefore this is not going to happen and then i stopped and i looked at the person and i was like now that i've said that out loud that is fucking nuts and they laughed and they were like helps doesn't it and i was like yup and like because that's that's the relationship that i have with this person is, is we do that to each other all the time is we'll we'll actually say them out loud and it's and i know that it doesn't work for everybody it's not a fix-all and i know it's not gonna fix it for all for everybody involved but like sometimes it's sometimes it can help and i think that that's really the message that we're trying to to, to share here with everybody is that like find people like shit I, I know every single person involved in this podcast if you need somebody to talk to like we will gladly talk to you if you're listening to this yeah. and you need and you need somebody to talk to we have no problem shit i talk for hours on end doing these podcasts every week like it extends also, to all people let's be clear about something that um a lot of oftentimes is is more easily dismissed um no amount of conversation, no, no number of walks in the woods or on the beach, um, yes, no thank, number thank. of comfy sweaters or um, or cozy blankets or your very favorite movie and your favorite popcorn, blah, 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 is going to change a chemical imbalance in your brain. Thank you. That is not going to happen. That is not how that works. You know, 
ideally you would be able to talk to a professional and they would um, help you work out whatever issues you have and then you'd address those things and you'd be good to go but for some people probably myself included um, this comes down to baseline biology um, you are you know part of your depression comes comes from the fact that your recept neuroreceptors are not communicating properly neurons aren't firing the way they're supposed to and because of that um, strange and confused emotions will, will crop up crop up um, there are any number of medications that can be prescribed for those things. Um, sometimes the side effects are, are, you know, almost nil. Sometimes they are awful and yeah. really painful and detrimental. Um, but uh, ideally, you're going to find somebody that is a psychiatrist um, and can identify that, oh, okay, well, it seems like the particular symptoms you're exhibiting are reminiscent of this particular disease. So let's get you on some medication while we continue to have, um, you know, talking therapy and um, uh, really explore those problems you're dealing with so that you can have both of those things covered. Um, because I can't speak to um, medication alone, um, at least not personally. Uh, in terms of it being as helpful. I, I think that it is, I think that talking therapy, you know, text in person or whatever have you, um, can solve a lot of problems. Um, but I think at a certain point you need, you know, you might need to get, uh, uh another medical, uh, uh, professional involved. Um, yeah. But what I, it's I'm trying to think of the proper way to phrase this. What I saw as a kid with my mom was her therapist wasn't really a therapist so much as um, a psychiatrist that wasn't putting in the actual um, psychological exploration aspect of it. They would meet, he would ask if she was feeling okay. Um, what has been going on? Have you been taking your meds? Yes? No? Okay, you're feeling tired? All right, well, let's try this. And would add either a one more drug to the cocktail or tweak a, 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 a dosage. Um, and was really kind of just treating her like a lab rat. Um, and just sort of examining things from a distance and seeing what combination of right, which, which medi uh, medica uh, medications would solve the problem. Um... If you're going to pick one or the other, I would suggest going with just the speaking therapy. <laughs> um, because if someone isn't assessing your needs, it, it's the reason that I'm like, it only occurred to me pretty recently that people get like lithium and shit prescribed to them by their medical doctors. What? Yeah. It's that's it's fucking bananas. It's, 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 no, you're absolutely right. Cause I, I can tell you, like, I have issues with migraines. It's a combination of like eye strain from staring at computers all day, but also having like bright ass lights in my building and like just, just a, a whole bevy of shit, you know, stress, like anxiety, all of it adds up. Right. I went to the doctor and I was like, Hey, I'm having issues with migraine before I even got the sentence out of my mouth. They were like, all right, let me get you a prescription. And I'll fill out the paperwork for you for FMLA. And I'm like, the fuck, you're not even going to yeah. figure out what's causing this. Like it's so wild. Me, 
part of me was just like, all right, cool, thanks. But at the same time, I was like, I would kind of like a cure because you want to know what I really having a day off from work is great. But you know what I would rather have not have fucking migraines. And they didn't really seem to want to like fix it. They were just like, fuck it, dude. Here's here's some meds that'll make you feel loopy and make you fall asleep. Um, and here's a note that says that you can leave work when you when your head hurts. Like it's yeah, it's it's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, I had that happen uh, one of the first one of the first times I went to therapy a few years ago. Like they had me set up to meet with the psychiatrist, meet with the psychiatrist, but like without even being in that room for two minutes, he he looked at a sheet that I had filled out that didn't really that didn't really have like a bunch of detailed specific information. It was just like you know circle the things that you think you're dealing with, you know, just like anxiety and you know, depression and stuff. And like, without even talking to this man for, for even two minutes, like he was already saying, so yeah, here's the medication I'm going to give you. And that, it, like, it just completely rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I'm like, you are a lab rat. <laughs> yeah. Like we didn't talk about anything. You just saw, you know, stuff that I listed as things that I would like to talk to someone about and just figured that, yeah, we'll just give you medication for whatever dosage you were going to prescribe them to me without even a conversation. You know, what's fucked well, up like, too is like what gives you even more a- anxiety. And then uh, Rambo, I'll let you jump in is sure. like, if you've ever gone to a mental health professional and they give you that checklist, like, cause I definitely went for, um, I mean, I probably had a ADD or ADHD growing up, which I mean, what kid in the eighties didn't, <laughs> but like, my dad was adamant. He was like, I don't want you guys just pumping my kid full of medication without really diagnosing him. You're just saying he's a problem because of X, Y, and Z. Like, you don't even know exactly what the problem is. So like, bravo, bravo to Pops Lunsford for a minute. Cause like, let me tell you that dude stood up for my mental health on multiple occasions and like, bravo to him. But like, I definitely like, I probably did. And I remember going and I wanted to see if I could get a prescription for like, um, either Adderall or, or something like that, just to see if it would help. And like, I filled out the questionnaire and the doctor just, as soon as I came in there, he's like, all right, cool. We'll get you a prescription for Adderall. And I was like, I, after that, every time I went to a mental health professional, I was anxious about filling out that form because I thought they were just going to hand me a bunch of pills. And I didn't yeah. want that. I wanted to talk to somebody who was going to actually figure out if this was the problem and not yeah. just like shut up and get out of my office, asshole. Like, right. Cause I, cause I would feel much like I'm not, like, I'm not opposed to taking medication like yeah. at all. Neither I, am I, I would yeah. just, yeah, I would just like, a conversation so that we both know. So like, I at least understand, Hey, this is why I'm giving you this and here are the effects of it. Instead of just, Hey, you know, here are your pills go home. Follow the instructions. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. <laughs> And like the idea of like finding out about the, the, <laughs> um, the side effects secondhand after the fact, well, I'm feeling really tired and my sex drive is completely gone. Oh yeah. That medication does that. Motherfucker, you couldn't <laughs> say that to me. <laughs> no, hey, but you don't want to kill yourself anymore, do you? No, not really. Yeah. But I have bloody diarrhea, so now I kind of yeah. do want to kill myself. I, I don't want to actively commit suicide, but perhaps I'll just passively lay here in bed <laughs> and allow <laughs> allow the reaper to come for me. Um, yeah, the 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 idea that well, and also like so so what I was going to say earlier is, you know, not assuming that either of you fellas are. Uh, 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 untrustworthy types but how do we know that 
the why did why does the doctor assume that what we're saying is just the truth? Exactly. I could be a joker. I could turn <laughs> yeah. around and selling True. these damn Adderalls, fifty bucks a pop at like just going up to DC, finding the nightclubs, and being like, hey, hey, you you trying to get high? I got some Adderall. You want some like, fucking Adderall? You want to be up for the rest of the exactly, night? Exactly. <laughs> right. Go going on college campuses and being like, hey, you got the finals coming yeah, up. Finals, huh? right? Yeah. Exactly. Like that. That would have been so goddamn easy. Like now, now I'm seeing this divergent timeline where Mike Lunsford, drug lord, starts off like an Adderall. <laughs> like, so you started Breaking Bad. Exactly. <laughs> that was me. Like, yeah. Like exactly. it's that uh, it's that fucking Mulaney bit about wanting to get like a Valium prescription. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I get nervous on that. airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it. There's there's so many reasons why this shit is all fucked up and crazy. And um, yeah. the things that get me too is like I don't know if you guys do this too, but like when you're when Sandy and I are like watching whatever, we'll say it's the Golden Girls on Hulu, right? And it'll have an ad for like, hey, here's a medication that'll help you if you have problems with your cataracts. But the side effects are your fingers are go numb. You know, your hair is going to like feel like it's on fire. You won't be able to feel your feet. And you're like, the fuck? Like, maybe I'll just stick with the cataracts. Like, what's worse, numb toes or being able to see or not being able to see? Well, I won't be able to walk because I won't know if my feet are there. So there's that. Like, also, it's... Uh, I'm not familiar with that because I don't have the I have the ad free version of Hulu. Thank you very much. Oh, listen to you and your your white privilege uh, over here. Since yeah. <laughs> Rambo got money, no, it's, that's it's, all it is. <laughs> misappropriation of funds. Um. <laughs> oh man, that's what we that's what we used to call whenever. Uh, oh god, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. So at GameStop, if somebody turned in like a game and we forgot to scan it in, we would definitely trade it in for cash and like go buy pizza. And we, <laughs> we would we would joke and we would be like, "Yeah, we're all going to get fired for misappropriation of pizza." <laughs> awesome yeah but like again exactly yeah fuck you GameStop. <laughs> a dick you worthless sack of shit video game store that's now taking broken cell phones that's how desperate they are like oh, trade us whatever you have what's in your pockets right now oh, yeah. a paper clip and some pieces of lint we'll give you 15 cents like they're to your pockets in front of me they're so <laughs> fucking needful thing style exactly. <laughs> whatever you've got on you plus a single favor <laughs> Oh, man. See, and this is exactly what I hope to accomplish with this podcast is like we ended up talking about mental health and we end up having a decent, a good time talking about it because you you realize you're not alone, man. We're, we're all fucked, you know, and we're all just looking to try to get by and we're all trying to look and we're trying to survive and not feel like shit. And some of us are able to do that. That's something I wanted to reinforce, too, is we, is we see this. There's this clash going on online and rightfully so. But I think there's a middle ground here. There's a clash between the if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling depressed, if you, whatever it is, go outside, take a walk in the woods. This is my therapy. Go, go to the gym. While that is not the answer for a lot of people who have problems with depression, the issue is the creation of and distribution of serotonin in your brain. And a natural way to generate serotonin in your brain is through physical activity. And going outside has been proven, not a solution, but has proven to help with these issues and help create serotonin in your brain. 
it's not the only solution. And sometimes for some people who actually have a problem with serotonin being created in their brain, i.e. depression, that's not enough. The solution is well, somewhere in between. It, it's, it's, not, it's not all of one. It's not all of other. It's somewhere in between. Because for me, sometimes going outside is enough. Sometimes taking a walk, going, going on a hike through the woods, it's enough to make me feel better for, for a little bit, like for a day, maybe two. But I probably need medication too. Like no one solution is, this, is the fix-all. And I feel like the middle path is, is, is right. Like you should get out and you should do some stuff sometimes. But if you need help further, you need to go get, go see a doctor. And, you know, the, <laughs> the irony of that being, you know, a, a positive effect on your depression is when I'm depressed, I don't want to fucking get up, let oh, yeah. alone go outside. <laughs> it's a, it's a catch like, 20. Oh, yeah. yeah. I haven't showered in four days. Yeah. I uh, maybe I should walk around outside, see all these people I know. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially it's, it's, especially if you're in a spot mentally where like you're. You're, and I wouldn't say fragile. Fragile is the wrong word, but you're 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 not doing well. And let's say you haven't showered and you haven't shaved and like you're wearing dirty clothes and you go outside and you see friends and your friends are like, wow, man, you're doing all right. You look like shit. That yeah, might be you look to... terrible. <laughs> yeah, that might really fuck you up. And like, yeah, it's again, not I'm not saying one is the solution. I don't believe that either is inherently wrong. But saying that one is the only thing you need is dangerous. To say, right. oh, you don't need pills. Just go for a walk. Well, first off, fuck you. Like, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize there was a doctor in front of your name. Like, you were just trying to sell your your it works wraps on 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 your <laughs> Facebook page. Like, don't they, don't fucking preach to me, man. They have a yeah. well. They have a term for it now. What's that? Tox, toxic positivity. Ooh, I love that. And that fits too, man. That, that is, is wonderful. Toxic fuck your false happiness. Yeah. Right. The don't yeah. stop complaining. Go outside. You know, like that. All of that. Tell you're you. just dwelling on the sad exactly. stuff. Like, okay. First right. of all, because eat a bag of baby dicks. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to waste adult dicks on you. Just eat the baby ones. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. You don't get the full size. <laughs> it's like Halloween. You get the fun size one. The fun size. Uh, you heard it here, folks. Mike Lunsford called baby penises fun sized. Fun sized dicks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that's how the Empire came crumbling down. Yeah. This just in, GGR being fined by the FCC. <laughs> yeah, a good run, y'all. Good. We, good. Yeah, yeah. A local FCC rep was, was quoted as saying, what? <laughs> Steve Monick shocked. I missed one fucking podcast. <laughs> I'll have these conversations and like, it makes me feel sad for happy people. Um, <laughs> like, like folks that seemingly have their shit together, like, oh, that's a bummer. What's that like? Because it's we're over here feeling like shit sometimes. But then the flip side of it is, you know, the extremes of emotion are pretty great. Oh, dude, because like, let me tell you, it's like, okay, the extremes are what make make it is it what it's what makes it good. To quote, um, what was his last name? Uh, in uh, in a league of their own, Jimmy. Um. Oh God damn it! Uh, What's his name? The I coach, um, played by Tom Hanks. Last, I, I, I don't yeah. remember his last name. Yeah, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, it's 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 fine. But like, there's this there's a part where he's talking about he's talking to Gina Davis, right? And 
she's like, I, I can't. I, I have to quit. It, it got too hard. And fucking Tom Hanks looks her dead in the eye and he goes, that's what makes it great. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. And Jimmy like, Duggan. Thank you. Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. Duggan. Yep. Yeah. Because that right there in itself is what depression is about. Depression sucks. It is fucking horrible. But that's what makes not being depressed so great. It's because you know what the other side is like. Yeah. Like yeah. if it was if it, it if it was fucking great, everybody would be happy all the time. Like, like it it's it, it's what colors things, you know. And that's sometimes you'll laugh at like the darkest shit because like you're like, man, have I been have I been there, you know? Like yeah. it, you and you get it, and like that's that's the other stigma about it too is like when people think about Kurt Cobain, and it was part of the reason when I when I did the stop me if my if you heard this, I talked about it. As they talk about how, oh, he was this sad, misanthropic, depressed person. Like Dave Grohl said that he that he was funny as fuck. That he was like it was like being on Monty Python is what he said because the dark was dark. He goes, but the funny was fucking hilarious, and like that he was just this like this sweet soul that like was just a loving person, and like depression just gets miscategorized so often, and like yeah, like like Rambo said, man, like how do normal people deal with this shit, like? Yeah, like we we end up being seemingly more well adjusted, um, particularly for uh, uh, <laughs> the the cynical fucked up world we live in, yeah. um, than folks that that you know seemingly have their shit together. You know, when something bad happens, if it's like really bad, particularly if it's stacked on top of other bad things, I just end up laughing because like, what are you gonna do? Okay, yeah, that's just yeah, one more thing to the pile. Why not? But I, I think about, like, but what if I was someone who didn't have to deal with these sort of problems? You know, like, you know, uh, didn't have this kind of, like, you know, sort of, like, regular and consistent pain and difficulty. I would just fall the fuck apart if, yeah. you know, like... I didn't get into uh, if, I, if I, and it makes me think of like the people who lose their shit when like they show up late to a movie and it's sold out or, you know, the, the, you know, somebody screwed up your coffee order or whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, you don't have real problems. <laughs> yeah. Right. You like, have like, this is all shit you've invented. We, we went to Outback. It was me and Sandy and Jackson. We went to Outback Steakhouse for dinner. This is like two weeks ago, right? And our poor waitress came back. You could tell she was upset. She was like, listen, guys, I, I forgot to put your order in. And it had been like 15 minutes after we had put it in. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, and like Sandy and I both looked at her. We both had drinks in our hand. We were like, we're good. Don't worry about it. I was like, can you bring us some extra bread to keep this kid happy? And like, because he's the only one that's going to lose his shit if we don't have food. And like, she was like, yeah, of course. Like, it's people who can who have dealt with real shit can understand that. It's the people who don't who are the ones who turn around and say things like, "Well, this is unacceptable. I demand to speak to your manager." Like, you don't have any real problems in your life at all, do you? Like, yeah. or it, or yeah. if you do, you don't know how to deal with them. Yeah. You <laughs> you this this is this is going to be your outlet for how you handle yeah. a seemingly real issue is you were just going to flip the fuck out. You think anger fixes everything when honestly a depression a depressed person will sometimes get angry at their depression. Their depression is almost like a thing. And yeah. they'll get angry at it because it's it's hindering so much of their life. And then you realize how ludicrous it is that you're angry at yourself. Sometimes. And yeah. and that's it's funny. 
it's it's funny to you when you can get out of that dark place and it's i just hope that anybody who's listening to this like that you're not in that place and if you are it it'll get better and if it doesn't there's people you can call in fact let, let's let's pull up those phone numbers here guys real quick i uh i just saw a thing um fuck me let's yeah. be super vague um while you're of mine go ahead man no, no, you, if you actually have something to say. I do. I want to I give the, the phone number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. Go there. I mean, but not only that, the website. It's suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Because maybe you just need somebody to talk to. Like, maybe you have other issues going on. There's, there's so much... I just... I, I, would, I would hate to see anybody in a... In a temporary situation of depression and sadness feel like they need a permanent solution to that 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 hurt and the pain and the and the sadness is so bad that it's never going to get better it's i can't promise that it will but i know that people will try to talk to you and if 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 that's too much i I, again i'm not a i'm not a specialist i'm not a professional but you know message me on facebook i will gladly talk to you message us on ggr it'll be either be me or mc fuck we're the only admins like (laughs) one of us one of us will respond to you like it's if you just want to text somebody because sometimes the phone calls are too much to deal with. It's it's fine. I would rather stay up until two o'clock in the morning texting somebody just to know that they're OK than like than to think that they were in that dark place by themselves. You know, depression lies, man. It that does. is like the it's the best and most important thing I learned from uh, there is this woman who goes by the bloggers. Um, her name is Jenny. Uh, uh, the block. <laughs> uh, I want to say Lawson, Jenny Lawson. Um, she's hysterically funny. Um, I highly recommend. She has like three books at this point, um, as well as this blog she's been writing for a couple years now. Um, really, really fucking funny. Um, but she has terrible depression and debilitating anxiety um she just recently did a ted talk and she talks about how she talked about before and after it how her anxiety kicked in something fierce right beforehand and then she thought she was going to have a panic attack during the ted talk and she just stopped and she was able to calm herself down and keep going um but she is someone who like wears crazy wigs and shit to book signings and um frequently it can be found in the bathroom of a party that she's at um (laughs) but the 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 biggest and most important thing that i've learned from her is depression lies depression tells you your friends don't care about you depression tells you you are not worth enough depression tells you that all the problems you're dealing with no one else has ever dealt with before and that this is surely going to kill you um it is trying to either hurt you or have you hurt yourself Um, and it's nothing you're dealing with it, it, whatever you're dealing with, it's probably not that bad, which isn't to diminish your pain or, or the issues you're running into, but your brain is telling you that is so much worse than it probably is. And Hey, if it is that bad, someone else has dealt with that same problem. Yeah. I guarantee it. And chances are excellent. They made it through. Um, anytime. You know, if, if, if this helps, think of the worst you felt before in your life and think about the fact that you got through that. 
Yeah. And it's the other one that I, I found too. I mean, that, that's a, a beautiful point is that it, it lies. Depression lies to you. And I gave the, the phone number out. I'm also going to give a text line in case phone calls are too much for you to handle. Uh, there is a text line for the crisis text line. Uh, it's crisis text line.org. It's seven, four, one, four, one. You text somebody there and tell them that you're having an issue with stress or anxiety, whatever it is. And, and they're there to help you because there's a lot of people out there in this world that don't want to see anybody suffer from this and don't want to see them go to that dark place. So, um, I want to give everybody one more chance here. Like, go ahead, MC. No, no, go, go ahead. Yeah. I, that's, I want to give everybody a chance to kind of speak their piece about this and then we'll talk about, um, our other topic, which we're not gonna have as much time for as we initially did, but <laughs> honestly, like as much as I love Westerns and samurai movies and anime and movies and, and the Mandalorian, I fucking love all those things. Um, the mental health of our brothers and sisters, I feel is more important. And I think you guys would agree with me on that one. Absolutely. 110%. I guess. <laughs> Fine. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. We can always do another episode Rambo. That's, you know, <laughs> um, um, yeah, so every, everybody kind of speak your piece about this, man. M MC, go ahead. Um, well, uh, I actually wanted to add something on to um, which, uh, what you were talking about just a few moments ago. Um, so I, the, the, the benefit of living in the era we have now is that, you know, we have options for a lot of the for 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 various things. Um, earlier this year, I discovered a, a service called Talkspace. Which can which uh, allows you with you know allows you to actually find a therapist and you communicate via an app, and depending on your plan, you know you can you can just do uh, communicate via text or you can do video chats. They have varying you know varying levels depending on you know which one you choose. Um, I didn't personally I didn't have the best experience with it, but other people I know of. Uh, have been using talks uh, stuff like Talkspace for for forever, and it's it's done wonders for them as far as being able to communicate with a uh, with a licensed therapist and and you know resolve some of their stuff. So um, I did just want to kind of put that out there for for anyone who you know isn't familiar with it that you know maybe they can have they can uh, be able to uh, find someone that they can communicate with because, you know, the, the person you're going to be linked with is more than likely going to be someone who, uh, is in your area. The, the, uh, the guy that I was linked to was also from Maryland. He was also a DC native. Um, so I just, I think that that's, um, you know, that's definitely a good option. And there's other stuff out there. There's another one called, um, seven cups of tea and better help which are also kind of uh, services where you have the option to talk to someone if you absolutely need it. You, like if you don't have, you know, health insurance or, you know, it doesn't cover therapy or anything, it's you know, a nice alternative. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah. And just, you're not alone. Reach out guys. Um, that's the important part is nobody has to suffer alone. And shit as you heard we'll suffer together and then we'll laugh about it because yeah. <laughs> honestly that that sometimes gets us through it and i think that eventually as i mentioned ggr pirate radio will still be a network like every show that is on great geek refuges podcast is going to be part of the ggr pirate radio network but we're going to go by at the diner going forward for all of our podcasts like this but i think that what's going to happen is is this is going to extend into a bigger thing and like in a dream world 
this would be something where we have a whole bunch of people who listen to us too and we all go hang out and have fucking pancakes and shit together <laughs> like yeah. that that's that's the way i envision this man is is maybe one day we'll be able to like fill an auditorium and like i don't know like let's just use the warner theater as an example i don't know how we're gonna get pancakes to the warner theater um but we'll work something out we'll figure it out we can Pick get like a griddle we can, like yeah. a griddle or something on the stage right like, we can make some fucking pancakes Right. I got a cast iron skillet. We'll figure it out. Let's do this shit. Let's do this shit. I saw this thing about a cast iron skillet. Side note, funny joke. The guy was talking about, he was like, you know, yeah, get a cast iron skillet. Um, you can't ever clean it, um, but apparently it's heavy as fuck and you're supposed to use it for everything. <laughs> <laughs> these are all that true is, things. <laughs> yeah, these are all true things. But guys, for James Rambo, for MC Brooks, my name is Mike Lunsford. Uh, thank you so much for being part of the GGR Pirate Radio Network. We appreciate you listening to our shenanigans and chicanery. We're coming back for another episode. It won't be as long as this one, but we'll be talking um, about Westerns, talking about The Mandalorian, talking about anime, talking about all those cool things that have kind of seeped into our culture over here. Like the West has become the East. The East has become the West. Day is night. Up is down. Dogs and cats living together. It's fucking awesome. And That's we're here to talk about it. Mass hysteria, exactly. We'll be back in just a minute. The measure of your life is that what you want? Is that what you really want? A river, a river, a Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been a Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>